illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw, and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here we'll tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, 10, into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heinrich Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heinrich Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host, head chef planner and chief bottle washer, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me as always from the Heinrich Tailgater Northern Command Outpost, the lead driver and director of thermodynamic limit immersion, my co-host and brother, the Beach. Beach, how the heck are you doing? Well, Billy, you're talking so damn fast. I hope nobody's listening to us at one and a half speed because they wouldn't be able to keep up with your freaking mouth. Uh, so well, I'm, being, I'm doing great. I'm doing great other than the fact that we just Well, being is the fact that uh, we uh, did a dry run through about three quarters of the show before we got disconnected and I realized we weren't recording. We're just going to get back at it. The purpose of illegal participation is for us to spread our inside experiences and passion for Logan State Beavers and others. And just generally talk Beaver sports, football, tailgating, and have some fun along the way. I want to remind everyone, if you want to listen to us on your iPhone or Android device, you can do so on the Stitcher Radio app. Also, you can do it on iTunes or Google Podcast or any other podcatcher you want to use. If you want to get in touch with us, there's a couple ways. HeinerTailgator at gmail.com at Heinrich Tailgater on Twitter, and also Heinrich Tailgater on Facebook. Beej, are you ready to get into some Beaver Sports news? Yes, I'd like to point out that when we did this the first time, I was brilliant. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Beej, first up is women's volleyball. Oh, Billy, please tell me that, that the only butts we're going to have are the women's butts and not your butts. Well, Beej, Chloe Brown posted a match-high 11 kills to lead the Beavers' offense. But the Oregon State volleyball team <laughs> fell in three sets to number 19 Cal at Guild Coliseum Friday night. Then on Saturday night, Amy Underdown. Please not, tell, tell me, tell me, not another, not another one of your butts, just one of the girls' butts. Amy Underdown Please. knocked down a season high 11 kills to pace the offense, but it wasn't enough as the Beavers fell to number three Stanford in three sets. Oregon State's record dropped to eight and seven overall, two and two in the Pac-12, and they go on the road next week to the Evergreen State facing Washington on Friday in Seattle and Washington State on Sunday in Pullman. 
Sorry about all those butts. <sighs> Next up, Beach is women's soccer. I, I, am, I am a I'm a butt guy too, but yeah, not not that kind of a butt guy. Yeah. Next okay. up, B- next up, Beach women's soccer. Freshman Sophie Conrad scored her second career goal as Oregon State and Utah battled through double overtime to a draw in Pac-12 action on Thursday night. Freaking draws! You shouldn't have draws when you have overtimes. It's, it just it doesn't make sense. If you're not going to go to a win at the end, then why even bother to have an overtime? Just call it a draw at the end of regulation and be done with the mess. Then on Sunday afternoon in Boulder with goals from freshman Brianna McReynolds and redshirt senior Tony Malone, Oregon State defeated number 17 Colorado 2-1. Now that win, Beach, is OSU's first over Colorado since October 4th, 2015, when Oregon State shut out the Buffaloes 2-0. This is also the first win for the Beavers in Boulder since 2012. Now the Beavers return home to Lorenz Field on Thursday the 10th, when they will host Stanford at 7 before facing off against Cal next Sunday the 13th at 1. Okay. Next up is men's soccer. The Oregon State men's soccer team was unable to overcome Cal Thursday afternoon as the Beavs fell 2-1 in their first Pac-12 defeat of the season. And then for the second straight season, the Oregon State men's soccer team battled to a draw at Kagan Stadium as the Beavs tied number 2 Stanford 2-1 on Sunday. Yeah, another draw. Yep. Joel Walker scored his fifth goal of the season, while Raheem Taylor-Parks notched an assist on his Oregon State debut. The Beavs will head north next Sunday for a match at Washington. It's the reason why soccer will never be a premium sport in college. They play to a draw. Play to a draw. All right. Oh, Billy. Yes, Beach. Well, I, I swear to God this thing already went off once tonight, but let's 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 see what it has to say. Hold on. Hold I, on. I said this just the other night. What'd you say? <laughs> wow. Wow. <clears throat> I just say it to myself. Um, okay. This just <laughs> this just in. The University of Oregon offered last minute discounted tickets for last Saturday's game against Cal. The U of O admin gave low student attendance as the reason for slashing prices for the Pac-12 conference game against Cal. Some tickets were priced as low as $10 each. In unrelated news, Snoop Dogg made an appearance at a free show in Ontario, Oregon, Saturday afternoon. In celebration of the opening of the newest Hot Box Farms dispensary, Snoop Dogg showed up at 4.20 to massive crowds who were all dressed oddly in green and yellow colors. Snoop Dogg DJed and performed five of his songs. Uh, Jim Belushi also showed up for the event that included a beer garden and fireworks. This has been your update from Eugene. <laughs> did, did you did you hear about Snoop Dogg going out there to Ontario, Billy? Uh, I didn't know about that one, but I knew he was performing out on the coast at the Chinook Winds. Just shocked me that he would go all the way out to, to BFE, Ontario, uh, just for an opening of a dispensary that are like on every corner in this state anymore. Well, they're all, but, uh, all over the place in California too, but dude knows where the good weed is, I guess. Must be, must be. So, and uh, I always think when I, when I heard this news, I, I was thinking of uh, uh movie old school. Remember when he went and uh, performed in old school? Yep. Yeah, that was great. That was a great flick. Missed that go. flick. There you go. See, it's Vaughn. Awesome actor. There Love the sarcasm. 
Okay, right. where are we at, Billy? All right, Beach, are you ready to go under further review for week number six in the Pac-12? After further review, the runner did cross the line. Touchdown! You know, I almost feel like we did this once, but yeah, sure. Okay. All right, Beach, heading into the week, uh, you and I were tied with 29 out of 45. Kyle, I hate you, Kyle. Kyle was at 25 out of 45. All right, Beach, up first, all the games were on Saturday the 5th. First up was Arizona at Colorado. Well, we all picked the same teams throughout the whole, all four games. Uh, and we all jumped on the uh, Colorado bandwagon for uh, for Saturday's game. How'd we turn out? Well, Beach, Arizona quarterback Khalil Tate completed 31 of 41 passes and only ran four times, including a seven-yard scamper on third and six from midfield in the closing minutes that allowed Arizona to run out the clock and leave Folsom Field as the Pac-12 South last unbeaten team with a 35-30 win over Colorado. Now, the senior dual-threat quarterback said, quote, Colorado holds a special place in my heart. This after throwing for 404 yards and three touchdowns in the Wildcats' 35-30 victory. Now, it was in Boulder's two years ago, Beach, that Tate burst through so many tackles and onto the college football scene by rushing for 327 yards, an FBS record for a quarterback in leading Arizona to a 45-42 win in relief of injured starter Brandon Dawkins. Oh, that's right. He had one hell of a game, like just a major breakout <laughs> game that game. Oh, it was huge. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like they, like they wondered why they weren't starting him the last, the games before that. Yeah. Now, Beach, uh, the Wildcats weren't whistled for a penalty until the final play of the third quarter, during the Buffalo's longest drive of the day, a 14-play marathon that stalled with Colorado failing to score on three plays from inside the Arizona five. They settled for James Stefano's 20-yard field goal. And just a 30-28 to 28 lead, that quickly evaporated. Now, towards the end of the game, Beach, the, B, the Buffaloes drove to midfield and converted a fourth down. But on third and four from the Arizona 46, quarterback Steven Montez didn't recognize two open receivers on slant routes up the middle when the Wildcats blitzed two linebackers. Instead, he overthrew a receiver on a go route down the right sideline. Which eventually, which eventually ended up costing the game. So none of us got the win on that one. All right, Beach, up next, Cal at Oregon. And we all picked uh, the Ducks on this one reluctantly. But... It's not who we want to win. It's who we think is going to win. Yep, yep. Oregon quarterback Justin Herbert threw for 214 yards and a late TD to extend his streak of consecutive games with a scoring pass to 33. And number 13, Oregon, overcame an uncharacteristically slow start in a 17-7 victory over Cal on Saturday night. Now, Oregon trailed until Cyrus Habibi Likio's one-yard touchdown run with 138 left in the third quarter made it 10-7. Now, Herbert, can, you say his name again? can you say his name one more time? Cyrus Habibi Likio. Ah, nice. Yeah. Now, Herbert's streak of TDs appeared in jeopardy until a short pass to the Jalen Red with 7-14 to go in the game. Cal quarterback junior Devin Monster made his first career start for Cal in place of injured Chase Garbers. Now, after struggling last week when Garbers got knocked out of Cal's loss to Arizona State, Monster fared better against Oregon's defense. He threw for 190 yards and a TD against the Ducks, who hadn't given up a TD since their opening game against the Auburn Tigers. Really, who's, who's, their, who's their defensive coordinator Andy Av- Andy Avalos. And and how long has he been there? Uh, this is his first year there. Okay. And where where did he uh, where did he come from? Well, the last seven years, Beach, he coached at Boise State. The last three is the defensive coordinator there. Really? Yeah. 
you, you know, it's amazing how you had all that information right off the top. I just had it chambered ready to go for you, bud. I, I know how your mind works anymore. Yeah, you do. So I don't have to yes. worry about about Googling it in the middle of recording a show. I just have it chambered and ready to go. <laughs> so we all got the win there. <laughs> Freaking asshole. <laughs> all right, Beach. Such a dick. Only two more games left. First up, Washington at Stanford. Uh, um, we uh, we all picked the Huskies on this one. I think we all stepped in a big old pile of dew. Yeah. Stanford running back Cameron Scarlett rushed for a career-high 157 yards and a TD. Quarterback Davis Mills had another impressive game in place of injured starter K.J. Costello before getting hurt himself. And Stanford pulled off its biggest win of the season, stunning number 15 Washington 23-13 to on Saturday night. Now, the Cardinal extended their home winning streak to six games, dating back to 2007 against the Huskies, with a plotting, methodical offense that kept Washington quarterback Jacob Eason on the sidelines for long chunks of the game. Stanford kicker Jet Toner added three field goals to help the Cardinal, who have won back-to-back games following a three-game losing streak. Now, Scarlett carried the ball 33 times, including nine times on Stanford's final drive, when the Cardinal worked five minutes off the clock to seal the win. Stanford got a big lift from its defense, which harassed harassed Eason into an interception and forced a punt on Washington's first two drives in the fourth quarter. Now, Eason was 15-35 for just 181 yards, a TD, and one interception. Washington did not look like a top-caliber team in this game. No, they did not. Do you think... Do you think that it was an off game for them, or do you think they might be a little bit overrated? I, I think they might not be as good as a lot of people, including myself, thought they were. They lost a lot of playmakers from last year's team. Did they? They lost a lot of offensive playmakers. I haven't. They haven't had a running back. that Their running game hasn't looked very good. Their passing game looks good at times, but definitely not unstoppable. No, but, I mean, they did not look uh, – I mean, the Beavs performed better against Stanford than, I, than us, you know. At least in a half, yes. Yeah. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting. When do we play the Huskies? Uh, not until November. Okay. So, we got a little bit of time before that happens, but yep. it'll be, be interesting when we get there. About a month. Okay. Well, so none of us got the point on that one. Nope. All right, Beach. So up next, Oregon State at UCLA. And we picked, <laughs> all picked the uh, Beavs on this one because, well, that's what we do. Exactly. Oregon State quarterback Jake Luton threw a career-high five touchdown passes and ran for another as Oregon State dominated the Bruins 48-31 to at the Rose Bowl. Now, Oregon State scored on its first three drives and had a 21 to nothing lead a little more than six minutes into the game. UCLA got within 10 three times during the second half, but the Bees run were able to hold on and get only their fifth conference win since 2016. Now, three of Luton's TDs went to Isaiah Hodgins, who came into the game leading the conference in receiving yards. Hodgins finished with 10 catches for 123 yards. Now, Hodgins and Luton have now connected 14 times in their Oregon State careers. Hodgins opened the scoring 243 into the game when he made a leaping catch in front of UCLA quarterback Rashad Williams for a four-yard TD. He had a five-yard score through the second quarter to extend the Bees' lead to 27-7. Now, Hodgins once again took advantage of Williams in coverage late in the third quarter on a 22-yard TD to give Oregon State a 41-24 advantage. 
Oregon State running back Artavis Pierce added 119 yards on 21 carries for a second straight 100-yard rushing game. The 48 points are the most for Oregon State in a conference game since a 49-17 win over Cal in 2013. Pierce looked phenomenal in that game. Oh, he looked great. And and Luton Luton was fantastic. That that last run in that he had where he ran it in himself into the end zone. Mm-hmm. That was freaking phenomenal. Oh, and the best part about that play, Beach, was Noah Togiai sealing the end and making just a great block. Because, you know, towards the end of that game, I just wanted the Beavs to run clock. I'm like, you guys need to run clock. Oh, and I was getting... I, I just, I, yeah, well, I even texted you because I didn't realize that uh, running it out of bounds didn't stop the clock anymore. It's been that long since I really cared no. about the... Yeah, you know, watching the Beavs for the last two or three years, I really didn't care about clock management. I yeah. was all about just trying to end the game as quick as possible. Yeah. So, so, so in the in the main part of the game, if the offense runs out of bounds like that, they'll set the ball and start the clock back going again. Yeah, yeah. I, I had no idea. I, I thought because so now the only way you can stop the clock is an uh, incomplete pass. Correct. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Right. So okay. Uh, yeah, to- Togi, I did a beautiful block there. He also that that one. Um, the, the, that one, the catch that in the reception. flat where he shoked yes. that guy off with a stiff he arm. Just, I'd never seen a receiver have that much power where he could throw off a tackler like that. Well, and you know what? That's something, not exactly play like that, but that's the kind of play we've been expecting out of him for the last two or three years, right? We've been told what a great guy this is. He looks great in practice. He's got great hands. Well, this year he's dropped routine catches. He hasn't mm-hmm. made good blocks. Yesterday, he was sealing people on the edge. He was making good drive blocks. That was a beautiful catch, a great shuck to pick up another seven or eight yards on that catch. Oh, I mean, he just looked like a monster out there when he threw that guy off. Well, and I don't know what switch flipped in his head, but great. So now is he a senior? He's a senior, yeah. So that's the kind of play we want to start seeing. Now, Beach, for UCLA, Demetric Felton had 166 yards for scrimmage. Um, which uh, for UCLA, which lost for the 14th time in Chip Kelly's 18 games as a coach. Felton had so he's only one. He's only won four games. Correct. And and how many of those were conference? Do you know? Um, I don't know. One at least beat Washington State. Yeah. But he's got as many wins in his two years as as a uh, as a uh, Jonathan Smith. Nice. Yep. Now Austin Burton. Uh, the quarterback for UCLA was 27-41 for 236 yards in a TD in his first start, but they were unable to rally after digging a large deficit in the first quarter. Now, Beach, down 7-0 early, Coach Chip Kelly made a bold decision on UCLA's opening drive by going forward on fourth down on fourth and one from the 34. Now it, that's, a bold, that's a bold move there, Cotton. We'll see how that pays well, off. And it worked a lot when he was at Oregon, right, because he had the horses to do it. But it backfired, though as running back Josh Kelly was dropped for a five-yard loss. The Bees went up two scores five plays later when Pierce had an opening up the middle for a five-yard touchdown. Then, on the ensuing kickoff, the Beavs had a little bit of trickery of their own, and it was successful. They kicked off from midfield after a UCLA personal foul penalty and were successful on what some are deeming a squib kick, some are deeming an onside kick, but that really doesn't kind of get what it was does it it was just a it was just a flat good old-fashioned drop kick yeah he dropped it and bounced it off the ground and kicked it and not only did he do that he dropped it like a watermelon he held it from the sides and i always call that kicking it like a watermelon just holding it and just kicking it right in the middle and i Mm -hmm. remember watching that play and i saw the ball just shoot straight up in the air and i'm like what the hell was that 
And then I see it bounce down. The Beavers grab it, and I was like, oh, my God. That was amazing. And then they showed the replay of it, and I saw how he bounced. And I was like, he drop kicked it. And I'm yelling at Jess, he drop kicked it. And she was looking at me like, yeah. So and I'm like, they never drop kick it anymore. That was amazing. And, and the Beavers grabbed well, it. Well, it gave the Beavs so much time to get down there, make their blocks, and get in position to recover that ball. Yeah, and now if UCLA was smart, they would have fair caught it, right? You yeah. do a fair catch signal, they can't touch you, and then you try to catch it. But if it bounces, it's anybody's, mm-hmm. right? But that will at least give them a shot to, 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 try and, to try and catch it. But they didn't do that, and the Beavs went down and grabbed it. And I guess Smith said after the game that that's something they they practice all the time in, in, in practice. And they decided that if they ever got to kick off from the 50, they would. And they did mm-hmm. there because there was a, a hands-to-the-face penalty by the defense on that scoring play by Pierce. So it made him kick off the 50. So when you kick it that high and that far, they're basically going to recover the ball. Whoever's going to recover, it's going to recover it between about the 20 and the 30. Mm-hmm. So it's basically like a, a return anyway. So why not? You're not losing many yards. Yeah. And you're giving yourself a shot at, at, at recovering the ball. Well, it's one of those ones you're only going to be able to do it once. Yeah. You know, it's it's going to be tough to pull it off a second time, well, but you, you never know. You can still do it because, it, you know, it, the, the, but, but the element of surprise is it, the, the hurt isn't that much. Yeah, but the element of surprise, it's that first time that gives you the best chance. All right. Now, Beach, the next play after that recovery, um, Luton hit tight end Tegan Quinteriano on his first reception of the season for a 27-yard score to make it 21 nothing six minutes into the game. And that was that crazy because he was wide oh, open. When we were up, well, we missed the extra point, but we're still up 20 to nothing. No, they, uh, they, they were up 21 nothing. They're up 27. Okay. I'm glad he missed that extra point, Beach, because what happened against Hawaii? How many points did they score? Um, I can't remember, Billy. 28, and they got stuck. How many points did they score against Stanford? <laughs> The 28 we got stuck? We got stuck. So this time we had 27. We didn't get stuck at 28. That's good. That's good. I guess that's what you want to look at. Now, now Beach, so, when that first quarter ended, that was the first time the Beavs have led by three touchdowns after 15 minutes, 15 minutes in a conference game since 2008 against Washington State. Wow. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's, you know, I was, I was asking Dad. I mean, it's hard to believe we've gone through as many bad seasons as we have. You know, well, first of all, you got to remember the Beavs were playing for the Rose Bowl in the Civil War game in 2008 and 2009. Mm-hmm. That was 10 and 11 years ago. The Beavs were ranked in 2012, 2013. That was five years ago. They went to a bowl game and won it in 2013. They wow. beat Boise State in Hawaii. And And then... And did Riley leave after that? Riley was there in 2014. I believe they were five and six or four and seven. Okay. And then 2015, uh, 2016, 2017 were the Gary Anderson years, and those were just ugly. Yeah, you, you know, you know, at least, at least with the Anderson years, we didn't struggle like we did. I mean, how many years did we we punish ourselves with Pettibone? Six or eight? What was that? How many years did we punish ourselves with Pettibone? At least, at least with Anderson, we only Five. took it for three. Five. Yeah. And then so. Beach, 
Um, to cap the week off, Oregon State quarterback Jake Luton was named the College Football Performance Awards National Player of the Week. Luton from Marysville, Washington, threw for career-best five touchdowns and completed 18 of 26 passes for 285 yards in the Beavers' 48-31 win over UCLA on Saturday night. He also ran for a 19-yard score late in the fourth quarter, becoming the first Oregon State player to account for six touchdowns in a game since Sean Mannion versus Colorado in 2013. Luton has now thrown 166 consecutive passes without an interception dating back to 2018, the nation's longest active streak. He's also thrown a career-best 14 TDs this season. He's completed 100 of 161 passes for 1,297 yards. Just don't realize how well he's doing, yeah. you know, considering the record doesn't show up. Beach, I think the Beavs are the best uh, offensive team in the Pac-12 right now. Really? I, I seriously do. Well, Oregon hasn't really been scoring that much. Their offense has no. not been strong. It's been their defense. Exactly. They 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 and they ran up some points early on a couple of really crummy teams, but they didn't score much against Stanford. They didn't score much against Cal. Yeah, they're when when it comes to strong competition, they're not there. Mm-hmm. But their defense is shutting down the other team's offense. Yeah. And so, Oregon State's offense has looked pretty good. Their offense has, you know, put up points this season. Well, well, Pierce is looking fantastic. The The offensive line is making holes. Yeah, and they're not allowing a lot of sacks. No, and we're and our defense is getting a couple sacks. Well, Hamilton Rashid Jr. has, what, six sacks on the season himself? I don't think the Beavs as a team had six sacks on the season last year. And he's got six sacks in five games. It's It's been such a massive turnaround. Yeah, it's um, just not completely showing in the wins and losses. Yeah, yeah. If you well, were if you were just to look at the beef stats, you'd easily think they were four and one right now. Because mm-hmm. you just look across the board how their stats line up, you're like, oh, they're four and one, if not yeah. five and zero. Oh. So, well, let's just hope this this um, this uh, trend can continue for uh, well, you know, for another you know what six, seven, eight games. Yeah, let's go seven or eight. Seven could put you into a bowl game, so I'd like that. All right, Beach, let's talk especially about a bowl, especially a bowl game down in Pasadena. That's right, and that's still on the table. We're not going to talk about it, but it's still on the table. Uh, okay, Beach, let's talk about the Pac-12 in the polls. Um, after this week in the AP poll, Oregon's at 13, Utah at 15, Arizona State at 18, and Washington, Cal, Arizona, and USC are all in the others receiving votes category. Now, in the USA Today coaches poll. Oregon's 13, Utah 15, Arizona State 24, and Washington, Cal, Arizona, and Washington State are all in the others receiving votes category. Washington State still receiving votes even though uh, their uh, two losses in the pack? Even though they're 0-2 in the pack 12 yeah. It just shows to go you that uh, some some coaches don't um, actually look at what they're voting. It must be. Yeah. That, that's sad. Yeah, it just is what it is. Do, do, I mean, yeah, I guess it only matters the top 20 or tw- only the top, <laughs> like, 20, 25 teams matter anyway. Yeah. So, but, yeah. All right, Beach. It is now time for this week's Tommy Tuberville. What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. <laughs> jackass of the Week Award. Every week, we like to discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. And this week, Beach, it goes to a fan. So who, did you who watch is the, the who, is, uh, who is the fan, Billy? What was that? Who is this fan? 
Well, did you watch the entire Oregon game on Saturday? No, I only watched uh, only watched a portion of it in between the Beaver game. Well, Beach, Oregon running back Cyrus Habibi Likio showed a little showed little remorse. Really, say, say that say that say that one more time. Cyrus is his first name, and his last name is Habibi Likio. Is that Hawaiian? Sounds kind of it. Okay. Just checking. He showed a little remorse for making arguably the most celebrated tackle of the number 13 Ducks 17-7 victory over Cal on Saturday. Now, late in the third quarter, with the Golden Bears leading 7-3, a fan ran onto the field during a timeout and overstayed his welcome by eluding a handful of security guards as he weaved his way from the west end zone to the east end zone and back. But on his way back so to he, the... So he made it 100 yards across the field? Oh, yeah. He was just running back and forth and kind of weaving. How could they not catch him? Well, because the security guards aren't running that fast, and he just kind of keeps weaving in and out. But Paul on his Blartha. pretty much the mall cop. Yeah, okay. On, on a little little uh, segue. Segue, yeah. But on his way back to the west end zone, he was tackled from behind by Habibi Likio, who broke from the Ducks' huddle around the 35, sprinted about 20 yards to catch him from behind. Now, Habibi Likio's tackle elicited cheers from the announced crowd of almost 55,000, and security guards pounced on the fans shortly thereafter. Now, his reasoning for the takedown? To get a game slipping away from his team back on track. He said, quote, We were down and he was kind of taking a while. Prayers out to him. I hope he's not hurt. I had no intention of hurting him. We just need to get the game going. This is the Pac-12 North. This is a Pac-12 game. We got to get going or the result would not or would have been different. Now, the six foot one, 222-pound Habibi Likiho said he wasn't planning on tackling the fan until he saw Cal coach Justin Wilcox motioning in frustration for someone to catch him and get him off the field. Now, Oregon coach Mario Cristobal said that uh, he hadn't seen the tackle and he was just waiting for the uh, press to fill him in. He also said that tackling fans is definitely not a part of their normal practice. Now, Habibi Likio, who had been dealing with back spasm earlier this season, said he feels bad about tackling the fan and offered up a sweet hangout session to patch things up, saying, quote, if he has Instagram or Twitter, you can follow me and message me and we can go get ice cream. Now, the Pac-12 doesn't have a policy to reprimand student athletes for tackling rogue fans during the games. Hmm. Now, the cheers for the uh, running back were pretty loud when he caught the fan, but they were deafening when he scored the go-ahead one-yard touchdown run a little bit later. Well, at least nobody got hurt. Yeah, and I just get, you know, I could just get tired of that. Why get your drunk ass off the field? Do you Pe- think part of this is because they're allowing alcohol in the stands now or do you think it's just typical drunk sons of bitches doing stupid things? Yeah, I I can't stand it because the, you know, I just I'm not opposed to drinking alcohol. I've been known to have a alcoholic beverage on an occasion, sometimes more than once. Me too. I mean, I'm I'm usually lit good 90% of the time. Yeah, but control your day. If you're going to get that blitzed, be good for everyone else. Stay home. It's safer and it's cheaper. And then you're not messing everything up for everybody else. Absolutely. And, you know, just. Well, what were we going to say? Oh, just go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you know, I'm just getting tired of it because I just get tired of dealing with drunk fans in the stands. Now that they're selling alcohol in the stands, again, which I'm not opposed to, just get some people acting like dumbasses. And it just ends up being freaking, you know, rookie day out there with all these drunk a-holes who can't control themselves. Speaking of dumbasses, I didn't bring it up at, at our last last week's podcast, but I wanted to make a comment. We had those two jackasses sitting in front of mom and dad 
that were uh, Stanford fans. Mm -hmm. And, you you know, this is my take on things. You, there's two ways you can cheer. And one way is right and one way is wrong. You cheer for your team or you cheer against the other fans. And I have no problem with somebody cheering for their team. When, when there's a good play, a good tackle, a good pass, I would expect you to get up, to stand up, to, to clap, and, and, and show some, some pride in your team. I do the same. You know? And I'll even comment when there – and you've seen me comment you know, when I see a good pass even from the competition. Yeah. Hey, that was a nice play. Beautiful pass. Couldn't have defended that. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Right? But there was these two drunk sons of bitches in front of mom and dad, and they were standing up half the damn time they shouldn't have, and they weren't cheering for their team. They were cheering to be obnoxious to the other fans in the in the stadium. No, I agree. You know, they, and, and it's just like, shut the hell up. If you want to cheer for your fans, there's a reasonable way to do it. You're not che- or cheering for your team. You're not doing it. You're cheering against everybody else in here to be assholes. Yeah. And and mom and dad are, mom and dad had enough of it, and I, I don't know if it was the alcohol in them or not uh, in the, the couple down front that was doing it, but it's just a damn obnoxious, you know? I, I get so fed up with that crap. Mm-hmm. Just if you're going to cheer, cheer for your team. Don't cheer to be a dick. So completely agree. Anyway, there's my there's my take. Fed up with that crap. No, don't blame you me. You know, and and the fact you know the well, the, the crappy thing too is not a lot of the, the 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 stadium is not selling out. You know, so there's a hell of a lot of empty seats in there, which means a lot. At least when we were good and we were had a lot of season ticket holders, you usually get good quality fans sitting around you. Mm-hmm. And now what you got is you got the 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 competing teams fans infiltrate that area so they can be jerks. And then I think you also just get a lot of lowbrow people that come in there that are just assholes in general. Yeah, I agree. So, with you. Anyway, all right. There's there's my little sidetrack. Sorry for getting in the weeds. That's okay, but. Uh... So to the Oregon fan that decided his time was more important than everybody else and he wanted to run around the field like a jackass, this week's Jackass of the Week Award. <laughs> is for you. Now, we have had a couple people get on the field in, at Research Stadium, but it's been a while. The one I can remember is the guy that was down there butt-ass naked. When was that? That would have been like, what, 95? No, nah, it was older than that because Colleen was there. So what, it's 97, 98, 99, maybe. I just remember looking down because it was during a timeout and I looked off to the right and I just see this naked guy running around with his junk swinging back and forth. I just remember, bare ass on field, bare ass on field. And then he ran I, up and jumped in the stands and got away. Yeah, he well, he didn't go the long route. He just went the, 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 the kinda, wide part. Kind of side to side, on, yeah. Sideline yeah, because he came, he came out of that old concrete, uh, uh, what would you call it, the concrete brick uh, – bathroom that sat up on the well, corner up yeah up in the in the southeast corner of it kind of where the old jumbotron where they they kind of put the old jumbotron up over that thing for a in while corner, before they, yeah. yeah before they built the the end zones in so back back when research sat on a hill and didn't have the big the big stadium there mm-hmm. hey uh, mom and dad were hearing rumors that they're pretty close on uh, renovating the uh the west side they are getting close they're getting yeah close. Is that going to happen this at the end of the season, or are we a little further away than that? We'll see. Okay. So, be kind of nice. I'd like to go to individual bucket seats and get off the benches. That would be kind of handy. 
Yeah. I'd like to have a back to my seat. It would be nice. It would be nice. All right, Beej, it is now time for the musical interlude, and today is your pick. Yes. Oh, let's hope this one survives. Um, as far as our recording goes, and we don't have a solar flare. Um, so um, so I've been doing a lot of pondering on this one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've had all week to do it, and I came up with a couple ideas, and ultimately I decided we hadn't picked an, any country songs for the year. And uh, I don't know about you, but I enjoyed the 1980s country music. I was a big fan of uh, Alabama. Love the uh, Oak Ridge Boys and the Statler Brothers and uh, quite a few others back in those days. But uh, this one uh, from 1985, this song was actually first recorded by the songwriter who wrote it. His name is Jimmy Webb, and he recorded in May of 1977. And then Glenn Campbell re-recorded it in 1979, but the song only became a number one platinum hit when the supergroup featuring the late Johnny Cash, the late Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson, and Willie Nelson sang it in 1985. It seems in 1984 they were all together in Switzerland doing a TV special together when they decided they should do a project. They... uh, they were brought this song and ultimately used it to name their new band. Uh, the song called The Highway Man, and they called themselves The Highway Men. It ended up being uh, number five on the uh, country charts for 1985. A uh, little, little bit about it. I, I had to look it up because I wasn't sure really what a highway man was. So I Googled it because that's what we do anymore. And it said a man, typically on horseback, who held up travelers at gunpoint in order to rob them. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. So, but anyway, this is actually a beautiful song. Uh, gives a chance for each one of the guys to uh, feature their own little uh, narration of the story of a highwayman who essentially gets reincarnated uh, four different times. So, um, anything you want to add to this one, Billy? Do you know no, the song? No, it's a great song. Yeah, I, I, just, I just remember the, the Howl album is actually pretty good. Um, unfortunately, I don't think all the songs on it are uh, are podcast worthy, but there's some great songs on the album. So if you get a chance to uh, to, to play it through your uh, Internet service uh, through YouTube, there's uh, there's some really great songs on there. Mm-hmm. So one called Deportee and uh, one called I think Jim, uh, but but all really good. Anyway, so without further ado. Here is The Highwayman by The Highwaymen. I was a highwayman Along the coach roads I did ride With sword and pistol by my side Many a young maid lost her baubles to my trade Many a soldier shed his lifeblood on my blade The bastards hung me in the spring of 25 But I am still alive I was a sailor I was born upon the tide With the sea I did abide I sailed a schooner around the Horn of Mexico 
I went aloft to furl the mainsail in a blow And when the yards broke off they said that I got killed But I'm living still I was a dam builder Across the river deep and wide Where steel and water did collide A place called Boulder on the wild Colorado I slipped and fell into the wet concrete below They buried me in that great tomb that knows no sound But I'm still around I'll always be around and around and around Fly a starship across the universe divide And when I reach the other side I'll find a place to rest my spirit if I can Perhaps I may become a highwayman again Or I may simply be a single drop of rain But I will remain And I'll be back again And again And again And again And again And again I love that song It's a great song You know, Johnny Cat... They all had such great voices. I mean, Waylon Jennings. I, I always think of him with Dukes of Hazard, mm-hmm. but uh, but great, great talent. Chris, you know, Chris Christopherson's getting up there in age. I do. I had to double check to make sure he was still alive. So yeah, he's eighty three. He's not doing really well. But uh, and and I mean Willie Nelson. I mean, I don't know if that guy's pickled or what, but he just keeps trudging along. Yeah. Well, and doesn't he? Uh, Chris Christopherson doesn't he have dementia or? He's got something going on. Yeah, it might be. It might be. Well, and he, I mean, he's been performing. I mean, he's been out there for a long freaking time. Well, he wrote a lot of music for uh, Janis Joplin, too. Oh, didn't, did he write uh, me and Bobby McGee? Yeah. Yeah, and I heard mom and dad, actually, you know, it's funny that we're bringing this up because mom and dad were talking that it wasn't supposed to be Bobby McGee. It was Bobby McCree. Oh, uh, it was actually a, named after a guy hmm. that somebody knew, and and he he misunderstood the last name and called it McGee. Hmm. <clears throat> and then I never realized too that Janis Joplin that song wasn't released until after her death. Did you know that? What was that? The song, the me and Bobby McGee, when Janis Joplin did her cover of that. Um, that song wasn't released until after her death. Yeah, she died not long after that album was done. Yeah. yeah the <clears> album <throat> that song hadn't even been released yet or something. I mean, it essentially went to the tops after she'd already passed. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. All right, Beach, good pick. Um, right. Let's now uh, look at our preview of week number seven in the Pac-12. I've got Kyle's picks. Okay. Pull them up here. Looks like we have one game on Friday, October 11th. First up... 
is Colorado at Oregon. Oregon's got another home game? Yep. Well, again, we pick who's going to win, not who we like. Um, got to go with Oregon. Okay. All right, two, I'm taking Oregon. Kyle said, Beavs won. We are 1-1 one one in the Pac-12. The Cougs are 0-2. <laughs> then for Colorado at Oregon, he said, I hate the Ducks. Ducks win. So there you go. Up next, Beavs, we've got four more games, all on Saturday, October 12th. First mm-hmm. up, Washington State at Arizona State. Arizona's coming off of a bye week last week, aren't they? Arizona State, yes. So is Wazoo. Hmm. I don't know what to think. <clears throat> you know what? I'm going to go with Wazoo on this one. Taking Wazoo. Yeah, I just I don't think Arizona State's all that good this year, and I don't know. I'm just going to go with the fact that I think their aerial attack will will dominate. Kyle says. The fat, lazy, entitled Cougs win in Arizona. I am going to take Arizona State. Really? Yeah. Washington State's uh, defensive coordinator just quit over the weekend. Oh, yeah. we You and I mentioned. We, didn't we talk about that briefly? No, we didn't. Well, maybe Dad mentioned it. Probably, yeah. <clears throat> oh, you know what? Dad, that's what it was. When I was over uh, watching the game, Dad oh. said he had quit. And Dad heard that the, the rumor was he didn't get along with Leach because Leach never st- stands up for his players. Well, and yeah, and he he goes after his players, and also, but he he said it wasn't because of he it, it yeah it was fishy what he said when he left. So what did he say? Well, he just said it wasn't because of any. Uh, he said he got along with Leach, and he also said that it wasn't uh, illness related or anything like that. He just thought it was time for him to go. That 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 sounds that sounds untrue. Yep. Okay, so you're going with ASU. Yep, and you guys have Washington State. All right. Up next, Beach USC at Notre Dame. The battle Ooh. for the bejeweled shillelagh. Love the bejeweled shillelagh. Mm-hmm. Um. Huh. Notre Dame. Notre Dame, all right. You just take Notre Dame. Kyle says, ooh, France, fancy, Notre Dame. I, too, am taking Notre Dame. Notre Dame's pretty good, <laughs> and USC just doesn't know what the hell they're doing. I don't think they do either, and I've been noticing Notre Dame. And Notre Dame, are they undefeated this year? Yes. Yeah. All right, Beach. Converting, next, converting a lot of people to Catholicism to win games. There you go. Next next up, Washington at Arizona. Pardon me. Hold on a sec. Let's <laughs> have something in my throat. Um, <clears throat> okay. I was expecting some kind of rude comment right there, and you didn't say anything. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know what you want me to say. Ah, oh. um, the uh, I I got nothing really funny to say like Kyle always does. Arizona, Arizona, okay. And Kyle says, "Was it Billy used to say, 
Or what was it Bill used to say? Washington can't win on the road. Arizona prepares better. Arizona. So he's taking Arizona. Who are you taking again? Arizona. Arizona. I forgot to write it down. I'm going to take Washington. I don't like either of those teams, but I think uh, Chris Peterson will get that team ready to play. I just don't think either team's that great. Okay. All right, Beach, and the last game of the weekend, Utah at Oregon State. It's going to be a great game, and uh, the Beavs are going to win. It's going to be tight, though. It's going to be like a German hooker. It's going to be guten tight. Guten tight. All right, I, too, am taking Oregon State. Kyle says, maybe Utah will forget to pack helmets for their defensive players. Beavs win. <laughs> so he obviously thinks he likes that. De- I do think Utah's got a pretty good defense, but I like Oregon State's offense. I like mm-hmm. Oregon State's offense. We'll see if um, the running back, uh, Zach Moss, is back for Utah this week. They've had a week off to uh, heal up and see if Tyler Huntley's back for Arizona. Their offense can be kind of dynamic, but it can also a little be one-dimensional. We'll, we'll see. I just don't know what to expect out of them. Um, and I don't think there's I like good, the, the way Utah's playing. On the road I like the way Oregon home. State's playing. I I agree too, and I like yeah, the way Utah's. Oregon State is playing. Yeah, Utah always struggles uh, away. I've always I've always felt. Mm-hmm. So. All right, yeah. Beach. Well, let's yeah. let's talk about this week. So kickoff is at five o'clock. Mm-hmm. And uh, what time will we be out there starting our tailgater? Seven a.m. That is right, because we always start at seven a.m. Because that's when game day starts. Now, Beach, uh, with Utah coming to town, what is on the menu? We are having uh, Mormon funeral potatoes. Correct. Always a tasty treat. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are having tri-tip. Correct. Again, always a tasty. You really can't go wrong with meat and potatoes. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. I mean, it's 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 just it's just good. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then what else are we having, Billy? I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know. What else was there? Something else you'd like? Um, you going to do cookies or anything? I was thinking about bringing out some cookies. I think that'd be good. These are always good. So seems, seems like a nice, nice thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think we might be getting, I don't know, but I think, uh, Steve Wick was, uh, mentioned that they might bring some halibut to this game. Okay. So, do I need to bring out, halibut. do I need to bring out the batter? Um, usually they bring some. Do you have batter? I do have some batter I could bring. Okay, might not hurt. Okay, I'll bring that. Okay. And the deep fryer and the normal deep fried goodness. And I was thinking about maybe doing some garlic bread. That goes good with Mormon funeral potatoes and tri-tip. That's what I was kind of thinking. So get yeah. get, get a loaf of bread and a couple loaves of bread and garlic butter them up. In the tray. And, yeah. yeah. Toast it in the tray. Yeah, no, that works. Yeah. We could do it on the uh, – we'll get some cookie sheets and do them right on there. Sound good? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I like it. I like it. Um, anything else you want to add about the tailgater this week? We do on the on the, on the on the cookies. Do they do they do like a white chocolate macadamia nut that we could do? I can find what they have at the store. Okay. See if they got a white chocolate macadamia nut. To, uh, to honor all the poly guys? Sure. All the poly, totally. All the poly players for both teams? 
you know, there's a, there's a, um, the theater there in Salem, um, uh, what is it called? Cinna, Cinnabar? The Cinnabar. Yeah. We just went there today yeah. and watched Joker. Okay. So, oh, great movie, isn't it? Uh, the boys and I, it's hard to say it's we enjoyed it. It's hard. We, we, we liked it. It's hard to say okay. you enjoyed something like that. Yeah. But it was a great but, movie. No, it was, it was, he did a phenomenal job. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, 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 I want to say Joaquin Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's only five foot eight. Yeah. He's not very tall. No. Um, but, but he so embodied that character. It was amazing. He really gets into it. I mean, when he did Johnny Cash, he did a great job, mm-hmm. but going back to Cinnabar. So, uh, Dunny and I have gone there for movies a lot and they have these fresh baked cookies you can get. Have you ever gotten the fresh baked cookies? No. Oh my God. They're awesome. They're like, you feel like they pull them straight out of the oven. They're just soft and gooey and a mess. And then, but she told me, I'm not sure if I want to go back there to Cinnabar because we also, if we didn't get the cookies, we'd get these little cinnamon rolls that they would, they would sell. Hmm. Cause for, for the people who don't know what the Cinnabar is, you order your meal inside the movie theater so you can eat while you watch the, the movie. And these cinnamon rolls that they would make, I don't know, they're probably about an inch and a half round. And when you pull them off, they're just dripping with sugar and butter. Like literally you got to keep the tray underneath you. Otherwise they'll like dribble all the way up to your mouth. And they're so freaking good. And she went with her mom a couple weeks ago and she's like, they don't have the cinnamon rolls on the menu anymore. I'm like, then why are we even going there? It's, it's pointless. So, so we, we haven't been going there for a while. We, we got that, uh, regal movie pass though. So we try to go see a movie once a week, but, uh, our next schedule movie is, uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Nice. You know, they're only, they're only doing that as a fathom event. Did you know that? Yeah. So you either got it. I think it's on the 12th or the 14th. Mm-hmm. If, if my math is right. And uh, the 12th, you get a free poster. And the 14th, if I'm thinking it's right, maybe it's the 14th and the 17th, whatever it is. Um, the Tuesday, you get the free poster. If you go Thursday night, uh, it's a double feature with uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back and then the Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. So Nice. Not that any of the people who listen to our podcast probably even care about the Kevin Smith movies, but I'm pretty excited about this. I enjoy Kevin Smith. Which is yeah. funny because neither of us are big potheads. No, no, yeah. Mm. So, but uh, yeah, so that's, but uh, no, Joker was fantastic. I mean, yeah, so, so good. So, um, let's see, what else were we talking about? It's got sidetracked. Oh, Tailgater. What? <laughs> <laughs> cookies. So, yep. So, I will look for white chocolate macadamia nut cookies. Yes. Okay. Or just a variety, you okay. know, okay. whatever's there. Okay. So maybe some crap with M&Ms. I will look. I'm not, yeah. But you never know. Um, let's see. What else? Anything else? No, I think, I think so. Hopefully we'll see a lot of people out for the uh, tailgater on Saturday. Do we, do we got an, do we got a one? We'll have some a one for you. I figure, okay. uh, kickoffs five. So we're going till four. I'll start getting food off about noon. Okay. One o'clock. We can do little by little. Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, the nice thing is those things will stay pretty well in the warmers too. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yep. So. All right. Anything else? Uh, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm, you know, I feel like now that we've won, we've kind of jumped the jump, got over the hump. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, I think uh, I think wins are going to be maybe hopefully a little bit more attainable now. Hopefully. Jonathan Smith looked like he was enjoying the game yesterday. Well, and it, unlike last year where they acted, were winning at Colorado, they were ecstatic. They were happy at this one, but it wasn't like, it wasn't the same kind of excitement. No. Right? They're happy to get the win. They were excited, but it wasn't all out jubilation. No. So. I, I think well, they're, they, they're expecting to win. Yeah, that, that's what I was going to say. It wasn't unexpected. It was like, hey, we're a good team. We, we, we deserve this. Yeah, exactly. Well, I want to thank everyone listening to show number 129 of Elite Participation. If you'd like to comment, send a suggestion, or ask a question, there's a few ways to get in touch with us. HeinrichTailgaterGmail.com at HeinrichTailgater on Twitter and also HeinrichTailgater on Facebook. Remember to listen and subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher. Also listen to us on Stitcher Radio. Beach. Billy. Thanks for being here. I'm looking forward to this weekend. I'll see you at, what do you, when you want to be there, like 5.30? 5.30 uh, Saturday. 5.30 Saturday morning. Yep. Okay. There. Sounds good. Until then, here's a great day. Go Beavs. I'll start over, okay? All right. And when I mean start over, we're going to start over from the top. Like all the way from the beginning? Because it wasn't recording. Are you shitting me? I'm dead serious. I just looked. I mean, you know how I always go, okay, we're recording. Okay, it's populating. It wasn't populating. It is now. So. You f***ing suck. <laughs> I'm sorry. Let's, let's God, hammer, you... We'll hammer through it. The U of O administration gave, due to low student attendance, damn it, I did it again.